Let's now turn in God's word to that psalm, Psalm 19. Psalm 19, this is the word of the Lord. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. And them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of the heaven, and his circuit unto the ends of it, and there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. That concludes our scripture reading. Now let's turn to the text, which is once again found in Genesis 1. for the sermon is verses 6, 7, and 8. We'll read those now. 6, 7, and 8. And God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament, and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day.
beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, of all of the things that God created in this first creation week, perhaps the firmament is the one that we're not quite sure what it is. Maybe we have a general idea, but when you get into the specifics, what really is the firmament, perhaps we have some question marks. We know what the other things are, the beasts, the field, birds, the air, dry land, and so on, but perhaps the firmament takes some more careful explanation. And so we come to this aspect of God's creative work as well, and we'll discover that God's creation of the firmament communicates just how great he really is that he made this. Remember where we have been already? First day, the first moment of that first day, he made the heaven and earth, the raw material. We'll come back to that in the course of the sermon too because that has connection to firmament. And then at some point later in that first day, he made the light about which we heard this morning and four things about light, that it is itself life, that it is necessary for all things, that it makes communication possible, and that it's a good creation of God. And we drew out what light is a picture of spiritually. That's on the first day. Now, second day, God makes the firmament. We'll turn our attention to this under the theme, The Firmament God Made. Three things here. It's creation, and then it's function, then finally it's end. It's creation, it's function, and it's end. On the second normal 24-hour day, that there ever was in history, God made this thing called the firmament. The firmament is the expanse that's stretched out above us. The expanse stretched out above us. That's what the firmament is. The text also identifies this as heaven the heavens. And I say that the firmament is the expanse stretched out above us because the word firmament in the original language here means something that's beaten out. It's like you have some material and you beat out that material, you press that, you stretch it out, and there it is. Something like an extended surface. Not only does the word in the original bring that out, this stretched out expanse idea, but when the Bible talks about the firmament, it also brings out that idea. Job, chapter 37, and verse 18, says this, Hast thou with him spread out the sky, which is strong and as a molten looking glass? 
stretched out the sky. That's how it speaks of the heavens. And then Psalm 104. Verse 2. We'll start with verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, thou art very great. Thou art clothed with honor and majesty. And now this. Who coverest thyself with light as with a garment, who stretchest out the heavens like a curtain. So that even gives you a visual to have in your mind. Who stretches out the heavens like a curtain. And then one final passage, Isaiah chapter 40. Verse 22, where it says, It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers, that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain, and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in. Again, a couple of more visuals, but in all of those, that extended surface, that stretching out. The expanse that God stretched out above us includes Earth's atmosphere. And probably, I know this is simplistic, but the best way to describe Earth's atmosphere is like the bubble that surrounds the globe of Earth. That includes that atmosphere as part of the firmament. And we know that from verse 20 of Genesis chapter 1, where it says, And God said, Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life, and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. So he talks about the firmament as the place where birds fly. And we know that birds fly at least in the lower part of earth's atmosphere. So the firmament includes, in part, the atmosphere surrounding the earth, and the firmament, or heaven as the text says it, includes outer space, which is above and beyond earth's atmosphere. We know that from verse 14, where it says, And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years talking there about the heavenly luminaries, like sun, moon, and stars. And it says, the sun, moon, and stars are also in the firmament. So the firmament must not only be Earth's atmosphere, the bubble around the Earth, but it must also include what's beyond that atmosphere, all of that expanse of outer space, in which later there will be the sun, moon, and stars. Children, Put it this way for you, the firmament is the blue that you see when you go outside of church and you look up, the blue, and it's the black that's above the blue. That's the firmament. It's massive. Of all the things that we could observe about it, that's certainly one of the more important ones. It's very, very large. 
And isn't that suggested by the word itself in the original language? This beaten out, stamped out, extended surface or expanse that already suggests how big it is. And we know by observation too, we know from scientific discovery how large it is. The firmament, now I'm thinking especially of outer space, is not infinite. God alone is infinite. Now it may seem when we look up at the sky and when scientists look through their powerful telescopes, it would seem that it goes on and on and on endlessly. But the reality is there's some sort of limit, some sort of boundary to the universe. How that is and what that looks like, we don't know. But God alone is infinite. But with that being said, the firmament is huge. The astronomer can take out his telescope and he can look at that star that's how many light years away. And it does seem like it just goes on and on this ocean of blackness. Sometimes when we're building a house, we say, I'm going to make this house big enough for my family to fit in here comfortably. God made a house, as it were, big enough to fit comfortably how many billions and billions and billions of galaxies. And that gives you a taste of the size of the firmament. And God made that. He's the one who stretched that out like a curtain and who made that that massive ocean, as it were, that floats above us. Before that moment of creation, it wasn't there. And then he spoke, and it was there. He made it. Ungodly science, there's legitimate science, of course, but ungodly science will give you all sorts of deceptive explanations about where that came from that's above us. Well, it came from this, and its origin is from this, and, and we suppose this is what explains it. But by faith, which God has graciously given to us for Jesus' sake, we say, I believe this black on white word of God here, this is the origin of the firmament. God created it. And as we said concerning the light, so also, but more briefly now, I mention, triune God is the one also who created the skies above. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all involved in it. Father speaking the word, and then the Holy Spirit carrying out what the Father expressed in that word, which reminds us that also here with respect to the atmosphere and outer space, our Savior, Jesus Christ, created it. And what we said with light, also we say briefly with this. 
immediately when God spoke. It was there. Not this slow, unraveling, rolling, as if it took him a long period of time. No, he spoke and it was there. Listen to the text. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. Let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters. It was so. Instantaneous creation. But how exactly did God do that? That's a real question. How did he make this vast expanse of the atmosphere and outer space above us? Well, in order to understand how it is that God made the firmament, we have to know something about what was there before the firmament was made. And now none of these things are going to come as a surprise to you. You know them. But at that first moment of the first day, God made the heavens that was part of it. This, this space, you might say, it's hard to conceive of what that would have been. But the heavens, this huge space, they're not finished yet. God is not formed yet in that vast space, any finished creatures. And in that first one, that first day, God made the earth, which we're told in verse 2 is without form and void. It's in an unfinished state. It's raw material. There are no finished form creatures there either. And we know that there's darkness all over, this absolute darkness. But the main thing I want to call your attention to is the water that was everywhere before the firmament even was made. That's indicated even in our text. Water is mentioned no fewer than five times. Count them with me. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. Our text uses waters five times, which would indicate that even before the firmament was made, it was a very watery creation. And you can conceive of it something like this. On the surface of the earth, there's water. But also above the surface of the earth, all through the air, this this space, the heavens, there's water in some form all through the heavens. And the waters on the surface of the earth and the waters in the heavens, they're all mixed through each other. You can't distinguish between them. And the waters that are all over, they don't have any shape or form yet. So that's something of what things looked like before the firmament was made. And now, the text says, in the midst of the waters, God makes this firmament. Now remember the question, how exactly did he do that? In this way, he took those waters that were there, and maybe other substances too, but especially the waters, 
and he stretched them out very thin. And he made those waters that he stretched out a vast expanse. And in so doing, he made that bubble of the atmosphere. And in so doing, he made that substance, if I may speak that way, of outer space. He took the waters, he stretched them out thin. That's how he made the firmament. And that's how he took those waters, which were without form or shape, and he gave them form, gave them shape. That reminds us that when you look up at the blue sky, and even when you think of outer space, that's not nothingness. There's something there. It's the firmament. Children, it's like this. You have a lump of Play-Doh on the table in front of you. And you take that Play-Doh that lump, and you press it down with your hands and you spread it out like that on the table until it's as flat as you can make it. And then maybe you go to mom and say, Mom, may I take the rolling pin that sometimes you use for baking? And you take mom's rolling pin and you roll it all over that dough until finally that Play-Doh is like a big, flat pancake on the table in front of you. Every illustration has weaknesses, I recognize that, but that tells you something of how God stretched out the waters and made the firmament. And then doesn't that tell you, if God was able to stretch out those waters like a curtain, what power! What infinite power. And then to think and to be comforted by this, not only that God did that, but my Father did that. We worship Him. Maybe a good exercise the next time you feel anxious and overwhelmed and fearful. And who of us does not feel anxious, overwhelmed, and fearful at some point? To go outside and to look up at that blue, that whole canopy. My Father, for Jesus' sake, my Father made that. All our fears melt away. What a God he is. That firmament that God made has a function. And the function that it has, I could summarize in one word as division, dividing. You find that too as a theme in this creation account, God dividing one thing from another. Read that already in verse 6. Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament, and now this again, and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. God divided waters from waters. When the text 
talks about the waters which were below the firmament, it's referring to the waters that were on the surface of the earth. And when the text talks about the waters which were above the firmament, it's talking about the waters which are above the surface of the earth, all over there in the heavens. Now remember, before God made the firmament, the water on the surface of the earth and the water all over in the heavens didn't have any shape or form, and they are all mixed through each other. But now, God makes the firmament, says the text, in the midst of the waters, and as we just heard, God gave, he stretched out the waters, and by doing so, he gave them shape and form. He stretched out the atmosphere. But the point we're making now is this. In that very act, in that very process of stretching out the waters like a curtain, giving them shape, and now especially making the atmosphere of the earth, in doing so, he separated the waters from the waters before the waters here and the waters down here are all mixed through. But now he makes the atmosphere, and in so doing, he divides these waters from the ones down below. And so, even today, you have lakes and streams and ponds and rivers on the surface of the earth. And on the other hand, you have the atmosphere. And those are related to each other, but they are distinct. God divided the waters from the waters. Even though the text doesn't speak to this, that idea of division or at least implied here, is also this, that God would use the firmament to divide the heavenly luminaries when he would make them on the fourth day. So you have a star here and a star here, and God uses that curtain, if you will, of the, of the firmament to hold those apart and divide them from each other. And you have a planet here and a planet here. And God separates those by means of the firmament so that they stay in their places and they stay in their own orbits. You might think of it like this. Outer space is like a massive ocean or like a sheet in which all of those things that we see above us are swimming in. And God uses that to hold them apart and keep them in their courses. That idea of division as well. Now why is that so important? That God divides the waters from the waters and keeps those heavenly luminaries in their places. Because he's making a habitable earth. A earth, an earth that can be lived on. If you think of the opposite, if these waters are not divided from these and they're still all mixed through each other, how can you even live on the earth? And if there's not this ocean in which the sun, moon, and stars swim in, an ocean that's keeping them apart and keeping them in their places, all of these things are going to become crashing down to the earth and certainly then life isn't possible. This division has this function. The firmament has this function of division so that life is possible on earth. God's program 
needs to be carried out on the earth. His plan executed. And at the heart of that plan, Jesus Christ, who must come, who must suffer, and who must die for the redemption of his people, and who must arise again from the dead. All of these things happening on the earth. It has to be a habitable place. And God has on earth a church which he gathers and defends and preserves unto himself. And there has to be a habitable earth for that church to live on earth, be gathered on earth. You see the significance of this. You might say that the firmament has this function, more scientific in nature of division. But it also has this function, to declare the glory of God. Now you understand why we sang and why we read Psalm 19. Verses 1 and 2. The heavens, that's firmament. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. The skies up there, they don't have a mouth, and they don't verbalize things like we do. But they declare, they preach in their display, in what they look like. And what the heavens are declaring is the glory of God, his radiance, the shining of all of his attributes, their blinding brightness, especially the power of our God and the infinite wisdom of God. They're preaching that, and they're really saying to us in their very display, He's the one who made us in his power and in his wisdom. Next time there's a beautiful day like there is today, and maybe we can catch it even when we come out of church a little bit. You look up at the sky. It's preaching. It's declaring his glory. Firmament functions for division. It functions to declare the glory of God. And the skies above, God uses to teach us spiritual truths. They function in that way too. You could search the scriptures when you get home this evening. You can probably find many more things that the heavens teach us. But here's one. They tell us something about the greatness of God's mercy. Psalm 103. Verses 10 through 12. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven firmament, 
For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. The mercy of God. He's so merciful to us in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he shows his mercy in this. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. And he shows his mercy in this. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. He's so merciful in Christ. And God will tell us just how great that mercy is. As high as the heaven is above the earth. That's how great my mercy is. For some of you older ones, you remember well in the late 1960s how much manpower and how many resources it took to send a shuttle to the moon. And we would say, well, the moon is way up there. It is. But relatively speaking, it's not very high up. It's just the moon. And to think of the expanse of space that Again, it's not infinite, but it would seem to us it just goes on and on and on and on endlessly. And God says, as high as the heaven is above the earth, that's how great my mercy is to you, my people. That's a great mercy. But the firmament is not going to last forever. One day, it will come to an end. When God made the firmament, he stretched it out. But there's going to be a day that he rolls it up again. And he will do that when Christ comes again. There will be a new heaven and new earth, and that's our hope. Don't ever in the future read our text tonight without reading Revelation 6 alongside of it. Revelation 6, the latter verses in this chapter refer to certain events that occur and these events that occur as these verses list them are things that are going to happen immediately before Jesus comes again. So when you see these things happening, his coming is very, very soon. And these events are not only things that happen right before Christ comes, but they're also signs of his coming. Read in verse 13 this. This is one of those events. And the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. The stars falling. And I do take that. 
Some people say, well, maybe that means meteors or something. But I take that as stars, just as it says. But not in the sense that they're going to fall upon the earth. be impossible. Stars are, even one star is much, much bigger than the size of earth. But in this sense, that they're going to be falling toward the earth. What is that going to be like? What is that going to look like? They were in their places, these stars, and then they're going to be dislocated from their places and begin to fall toward Earth. Why will that happen? Well, it's because, now you go to the very next verse, and the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together. That's why these stars that were in their places will begin falling toward the earth. And remember, we heard that before. The firmament is like a sheet or an ocean in which the stars are placed and they stay divided and stay put because the firmament is there. God is using that firmament to keep them. But when God rolls that firmament up, those stars will become dislocated, fall from their places toward the earth. That's why that happens. But the point I make here is that what God stretched out on the second day, like a scroll, he's going to roll it up again. And then I ask again, what will that be like? In part, this is an aspect of the physical universe being broken up to make way for the new heaven and new earth. Everything's falling apart. Stars are falling. Sky is rolling up. Things are being broken in this physical universe because God has something better, new heaven and new earth. That's his goal, and he will bring about that goal, and that's our salvation to the glory of God. What a comfort that is for us. The effect on the wicked and ungodly, you read that in verses 16 and 17. They said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who shall be able to stand? Look at the effect of these things on the ungodly when they're happening. But not so for you and for me. It's the Lamb who will govern the rending of the skies in that day. And when it begins to roll up, you say, this is a sign that the Lamb comes who redeemed me. The Lamb who all his life long, and especially at the cross, took on his own head the wrath of God for our sins so that we don't ever have to have that wrath come upon us. Also in that last day, the Lamb took it. And the rolling up of the firmament is a sign that the Lamb comes in love for us so that we might live with him forever in that new heaven and new earth. 
On the second day, God stretched out the firmament. One day, he's going to roll it up again. Won't that be the day of days? And Lord, haste the day when my faith shall be sight. The clouds be rolled back as a scroll. The trump shall resound, and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. Amen. It is, Father, it is truly well with us. Thy promises are exceeding precious. And even as we have learned of thy work in the past of stretching out the heavens, so one day thou wilt bring them together again, rolling them up. Lord, quicken in us the hope of that day. Even as we go through the sufferings and the tribulations, here below. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.